Today, all over the world, we are gathering in large groups and small, in different places and different languages, in buildings and schools, empty spaces and open fields, in our homes and on our phones. Some come together in freedom while others have to meet in secret. Some will sing the old hymns, while others are singing something new. We'll all learn different things from the same Bible, and worship the same God in different ways. We are the church, the body of Christ, different pieces molded together by the hand of God. Today, all over the world, we are gathering as one. Lord Jesus, open our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're in the third of our vision series as we are thinking about what God is calling us to as a church in the years ahead. And today I'm going to ask a question that you might not be expecting. And I'm not going to expect you to, neither do I want you to shout out an answer, um, nor do you have to talk to the person next to you. Um, but the question is, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? As we've thought last week particularly about the church and what it is we might do in this particular place as we are here uh, in the ministries we offer through the week in this location. Uh, I'm from here. Again, hello to people watching online. We know that the ministry goes beyond the building and the community even to further afield. But so we've thought about that and we could stop there. But I challenge you today with the question, who do you want to be? I don't know if uh, you went to school. Hands up if you ever went to school. Some of you at school, good. Um, so um, at school, you would always be asked that question, often by, if you have uncles and aunts, they would ask you that question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Anyone ever ask that question? Uh, yeah. Guess what I didn't say I wanted to be when I grew up? I wanted to be a doctor, I wanted to be a pilot, I wanted to be a millionaire, I wanted to have a helicopter, various things at different times. I did not want to be the rector of an Anglican church. Um, but sometimes God has other ideas. I wonder what you wanted to be. And it's really that question, who do you want to be, that as we think through our vision over the next two, five, and ten years, I want you to think about this week. And it's going to be a lot harder, I think, than the question of, What's God calling us to do as the church? Because then we can think about services. And should we sing three songs or four at the start? And should we have the service at 9.30 or, or at 10 o'clock? And should we have communion every week or every two weeks or every month or, or once um, every quarter? It was a period in history when they did that. I'm not suggesting that, but just, you know, different options. And we discussed those. Uh, those of you in life groups, did you have good conversations? 
Great. And those of you not in life groups, uh, we'd love to have you come on Sunday and we'll use the same material from about 11 till 1. So you might want to bring a bag lunch if you get hungry at 12 and uh, give you the chance to be part of the same kind of focused discussion groups uh, without committing to being in a life group. So that's next week. But those questions are kind of easy because they're not so much about us, about you and about me. And... Um, that question, who do we want to be? Where do we see ourselves in 10 years' time? And I can hear some people going, well, I'm hoping in 10 years' time I'll have been promoted and I'll be in heaven. Um, and uh, I just want to say that, uh, that um, by being part of a church community, I think on average, uh, depending on what statistics you read, and this is one I've heard, and I can't quote you the source, uh, but we live about 10 years longer. So if you're thinking, well, I'm not sure I'll be around in 10 years' time, um, my experience is God probably has other plans. Who knows? But he might want to use you uh, for something that you haven't yet expected. So don't discount where do I want to be in 10 years' time. And obviously, I'm not talking, well, not obviously, I'm not talking about your career or what house you live in. Those are great questions to ask, great conversations and thoughts to have. I'm asking, where do you want to be in your spiritual life? Who do you want to be as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, in 10 years' time? Now, um, we can see from John um, chapter 20 um, that um, the disciples were together. Jesus appears to them and he says to them, peace be with you. Um, and after he said this, he showed them his hands and side. And just note, it doesn't say they said, and also with you in the scripture. So that must have come later. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. He was there, uh, and, and in John, that's where we see him giving the Holy Spirit before he ascends into heaven. Um, and um, they are sent out to do his work. The Holy Spirit comes so that God can be with and is with each of us in our going. As I kind of remembered earlier, there are 168 hours in a week and we'll spend 167 of them not in church. Uh, now some of you might serve a bit in church, but just work with me on this. We'll spend 167 hours not in a Sunday morning service. And so that question of who do we want to be in the whole of our lives is an important one. Bishop Melissa Skelton, who was bishop of this diocese and is now retired, and so moved down to the States and become a bishop again because... I guess they have different rules. And she's now the acting bishop, I think, in the Diocese of Olympia. Um, and she would say to us uh, that the church is here to be a place that gathers. Do you know the second word? Transforms and sends. To gather, transform, and send. And so when we come to our Sunday morning service, or indeed any worship service, we gather with each other in the presence of God so that we can be transformed changed more and more into the likeness and image of Christ and then we can be sent out 
into the world. And I love that phrase, gather, transform, send. I think that's what we're still here to do. She's not the bishop anymore, but I'm still going to keep quoting her because I think it's really spot on. Um, I'll argue with you later if you think it's not. We, we gather so we can be transformed in Christ's presence by our worship together, by our fellowship together, by seeing the faces of the people around us and uh, spending this time together, and then we are sent out into the world. And so there is a place for our gathering. But the place for our gathering is that we might be prepared for being sent out. We might be equipped for being sent out to be Christians to be followers of Jesus, to be disciples in the whole of our lives. Uh, we use the phrase whole life discipleship, uh, which is what that, that means. It's being a disciple, a Christian in the whole of our lives. And so as I ask that question, who do you want to be? I guess I'm asking, what kind of disciple do you want to be? We've all met different kinds of Christians We've encountered different people who follow Christ in slightly different ways and express their faith in slightly different ways. Is that fair? A few mmms. Yeah, you met another Christian. Good. And, um, and as we meet different people, there might be things about them that we think, I wish I could do that. I remember a friend who, uh, when um, I would share something that I maybe needed prayer for, he'd say, well, let's pray right now. And he'd put a hand on my shoulder and pray for me in the street, in public. And I always thought, that's quite bold. But I'd kind of like to do that. Or, or, or maybe um, you have encountered people who, when they're asked a question about faith, instead of just saying, I don't know, go ask somebody else, they can give an answer. They're prepared to give an account for the faith and the hope that is within them, as Paul writes. Uh, so I wonder what kind of Christian you want to be. There are people that say to me regularly, I'd, I'd like to be able to pray out loud, but I just don't know. That's not for me. And this is where it's the challenge. Do you want to be the kind of Christian in 10 years' time that could stand up at the front of church and lead people in prayer? Do you want to be the kind of Christian in 10 years' time who in your office when somebody says something, could say, we could pray. To have that kind of boldness and confidence in faith. I'm not talking a brash boldness and confidence. I'm talking authentic, true to who you are in the places you find yourself. As I've thought and wrestled with this question, I thought it's quite interesting. Ten years before I was ordained, um, if you said to me, do you want to be the sort of Christian that could stand up and preach? I'd have said no. But now I can't imagine not standing up and preaching. It's interesting as we stop and think, where do we want to be in our faith? in five, ten years' time. And so then the question that follows is, so what do we as St. George's need to do so that you can be that kind of Christian in five or ten years' time? 
If you have a longing and a heart uh, to, to be a, um, a missionary somewhere else in the world or, or locally, what could we do to equip you? What do we need to put in place so that in this gathering and transformation you can be sent out? If you want to be the kind of person who is more confident in sharing your faith in your workplace, in your community groups, with your family, what is it that we need to do as we think about our church vision? What do we need to put in place to give you the skills and the tools? There's, again, as I said before, there's lots more questions I will ask than I will answer in these weeks. And I'm sure you'll have wonderful discussions in life groups or next Sunday if you're coming after church uh, to think about these things. But those are the kind of questions that we need to think about. Not just what time should we have our services and what should the services look like. But what are we hoping to achieve by any of this for the kingdom of God? What transformation needs to happen on Sundays that will equip us for life in the world? Um, we've used this phrase, um, uh, ministering on our front line, for a number of years. Um, it, it was um, one of my struggles as I was questioning and discerning the call to ordination was that um, I was working um, in... Um, in, in a workplace, um, as some of you know, I, I worked for a rail company in the UK, um, and um, I worked on the trains, and, and latterly I worked in the office, um, in the head office, and, and, and I'd always felt this calling to be a Christian in the workplace. And so one of the things that held me back from stepping forward into ordained ministry in the Church of England, as it was there, uh, was that I kind of thought, well, if everyone who wants to be a Christian uh, publicly, and not just hide it, as, as is easy to do, but if anyone who wants to be a Christian publicly has to leave their workplace and go and work in the church, that will leave less Christians in the workplace. And so for a while, that was one of the things that held me back from stepping out uh, into, um, or stepping forward to pursue ordination in the church. And so uh, I guess I made it my thing that um, if I was to go and get ordained, I wanted to be able to find ways to equip others who did not make the jump that I made from the workplace to the church. I wanted to be able to equip others so that as they find themselves in the workplace, they would, um, they would be prepared for that. And so that's why this is so important to me, um, that as a church, we are committed to faith that is beyond just Sunday mornings. Because, don't get me wrong, I love the church, but also, the church is quite annoying at times. And, um, and the advent of the cell phone and pastors having cell phones uh, means that um, I get messages all day, every day uh, from different people. Um, and it just is unending. Um, and sometimes I try and ignore them, but it's kind of hard often to do that. And, and so I find that um, church is very all-consuming. So I'm not advocating you going to get ordained. 
Um, if anything, I'd say don't. Um, because if God wants you, he'll get you. That's what, that's what the priest said to me. David, if this is God, he will nag at you until you do it. Uh, and sadly, um, A, <laughs> the priest was right, and B, yes, God nagged at me. And here I am a number of years later. But how can we be equipped for our ministry on our front line? And then why the word front line and not workplace? Well, um, there's an organization, John Stott was part of the founding of it from All Souls Langham Place in London. It's called the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity. Um, and they were doing a lot of work with faith in the workplace. And, um, and what they realized was, and this won't surprise you, but you may not have thought of it like this, that as they looked around the churches they were speaking to, and it's the same here, the majority of people are not in the workplace. They're retired, or they're a student at school, or they're between jobs, or they're a stay-at-home parent. And so they were trying to find another word that expressed um, the places where we find ourselves. And they called it our front lines of ministry. The, the word front line is used, admittedly, in a military context, but it's also used having worked in customer service. We talked about frontline customer service, as in you're dealing with people face-to-face. Um, and, and it's used in Canada, too. Uh, anyone shop in Winners ever? I, I occasionally go to Winners, and uh, you can get some great bargains, also some not-so-great bargains. And if they're short-staffed, they'll say, can we have so-and-so to the front line? And they mean to the, to the front line of customer service. But so we use that term frontline in the context of um, where is that place where we're at the forefront? Where is that place where we are doing our ministry, which for some is in the workplace, and for others is at the school gate, and for others is in the community group, and for others is in St. George's Village, and for others is in the neighborhood, and for others is with your families. Essentially, those places where you are through the week and you have the opportunity to do ministry. And so back to my question, who do you want to be in five or ten years' time as a person of faith? What kind of Christian do you want to be? You just want to be the kind of Christian that shows up to church one hour a week and 167 hours of the week uh, doesn't do too much with faith? Or do you want to be the kind of Christian who can stop and pray for someone in the street? Who could go and visit someone in hospital when they're dying and pray with them and bring comfort with them and bring the kingdom of God into that room by your presence because of your faith and your prayer? Do you want to be the kind of Christian who, when someone asks you in a confrontational way at a party or a wedding reception a question about faith or Jesus or God or the church, to be able to give a carefully thought-through answer? Do you want to be the kind of person who brings hope and light into the community? Now, I'm not saying that you're not doing all those things already because I know you are. But for all of us, there's that question of where we want to be. It could be that it's more in your personal spiritual life. You want to be the sort of person who reads the Bible every day. You want to be the sort of person who takes a quiet time in the morning or the evening 
You see yourself at some point. You'd, you'd love to actually be at the front of church. Maybe you don't want to get ordained. Good decision. But maybe you'd like to be a layperson who leads morning prayer or reads from the Bible or prays. A few ideas, and I trust and I hope and I pray that God will give you what it is that you need in this. And then you come back to us through life groups, through next Sunday, through questionnaires that will come around through the church to say, these are the things that personally I would find really helpful in order to be prepared and equipped for life and ministry on my front line over these next few years. And then we'll bring all those things together into a big soup and we'll see what, what's there and, and what, we can, what we can draw out. This is not a question I've ever asked as I've talked uh, to this church or other churches or other people about vision at all. I've always thought very much about the church. Uh, but it was partway through this week when I was just praying and discerning and I, I felt like I had that I needed to ask this question. Who is it that you want to be? And then how can this church support you in growing in your faith in those ways? So what we're going to do um, is in at the moment is we're going to take some time to pray. Um, the worship team are going to sing a couple of songs. Um, and so you'll be able to stay where you are and sing. Um, we'll also have people on both sides offering um, prayer ministry. And prayer ministry is just a chance um, for you to come forward and have someone pray for you. Um, things you might like prayer for, maybe um, your, your front line, your workplace, your community group, the committee you sit on, uh, or whatever it is, um, is, is um, has particular challenges. And you would appreciate prayer for the particular challenges in those places at this time. So you could come forward for prayer for that. Um, maybe um, you have no clue. I love it when people have no, no clue. Because having no clue is the start of being open to discerning where God's calling us. And if you have no clue, you could come forward and say, please, can you pray for me? I've never thought about this question. I've got no clue. And we'd love to just pray for that. Uh, and again, as every week, there are you can come forward for prayer for any reason. Maybe it's yourself or someone who has some kind of a, a need, a medical need, a health need that you'd like prayer for. Um, maybe you have a job interview tomorrow. Uh, you can come forward for prayer for anything. Uh, one of the reasons um, I'm often asked, why do we not go to the back for prayer? One of the reasons we come forward for prayer is so that everything is done in, in the, the, the bright of the daylight where everyone can see, so that you can see that it's not weird. Um, as people come for prayer, um, you'll be asked, um, possibly, um, is it okay if I put my hand on your shoulder as a sign of, um, of the prayer while it's happening? And you can, say, you, you can say, no, actually, I'd rather you didn't. That's okay, too. Um, things we don't do when we pray. Um, I'm slightly digressing, but occasionally I get told it's good when I do this because it reminds us. Um, we don't hold hands. Please do not hold hands when you come forward for prayer. If you, at another time, want to pray and hold someone's hand. That's absolutely fine. But at the front of church, we don't hold hands. Um, and that's because some people, if they see people standing at the front holding hands, that will put them off coming for prayer because they just hate being, having their hands held. So that's why we don't hold hands. Um, other places they may, but here we don't. Um, and, um, and the other thing to say is please tell the person your name um, because it's, it's nice to pray for, for the person by name. And sometimes we forget people's names. 
and then it's terribly embarrassing um, when you're praying for someone and you can't think of their name. And as the person praying, you're standing there thinking, I just want to use their name, but I can't remember what it is. So if you just say what your name is, you could say, hi, I'm Bob. Um, I just saw Bob. He's not coming for prayer. He's coming to play the bass. Um, sorry, Bob. Um, so do come forward for prayer. Uh, Melody, Roxanne, myself, Deb, um, there'll, be, there'll be four of us, so, um, so come forward, and we're going to sing a couple of songs. Um, as we think about that question, um, we stop and we're still and we ask, God, where is it? Um, I'll, you know, I'll turn this into prayer. Lord, we pray um, you'd help us to know where it is you're calling us to be as your people, as followers of you, Lord Jesus, in the next five or ten years' time. We pray even now, Lord, you would help us to be open by your Holy Spirit to where it is that you are leading us. Lord, would you give us uh, minds and hearts to dream. Give us a vision for the future that we have as your people of faith. And Lord, we pray for anyone who is just confused and doesn't know what it is that, that you're calling them to do. We pray even in this moment for clarity, for excitement and for joy. In Jesus' name, amen.